Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the Batman Majamas podcast. I'm Daniel Cynical Adams, and I'll be joined by Handsome Adam Garen and Ashton Whitebread Burge as we bring to you our unique takes on music and geek culture. The goal is to produce an episode every two weeks to see where this goes. Now, your guess is as good as ours on whether or not that actually comes to pass, but we're going to try our best. Ashton and I are professional musicians, so expect to hear stories of life on the road and on the stage, as well as what influenced us to pursue a career in which you make no money. Adam will be joining us as we do album reviews, top five lists, and even recommend some under-the-radar stuff you may not know about. Our range of taste is really broad, so expect us to cover a lot of ground. All three of us are self-proclaimed pop culture buffs, and we are unabashed DC stands. We love all the things DC's been doing, and strongly support Zack Snyder, but we also dig a lot of the stuff Marvel's doing and countless other geeky endeavors. For instance, we'll cover the upcoming Ghostbusters movie because we're pretty hyped about that one. To kick this show off right, we're going to give our review and reactions to Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. We figured that was as good a starting place as any. So without further ado, here goes nothing. Hey guys, this is Noons. Be sure to join me on December 4th for the debut episode of Face Full of Canvas, where I'm going to take you back to 1983 and start reviewing all the episodes of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling leading up to the very first Starcade. Then after that, follow along as I cover Jim Crockett Promotions, its evolution into WCW, Nitro, and Thunder, but also primetime wrestling leading up to the first WrestleMania and the evolution of PTW into Monday Night Raw. I'll cover all the good shit and the bad shit up until the end of the Monday Night Wars with the Raw Nitro simulcast in 2001. So join me on December 4th and every Wednesday for Faceful of Canvas, exclusively on the HFI Network. Here we are, first episode of the BMJ's podcast. We've all seen Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. Ashton, of course, was the last one to see it. As always. Like always. He's got kids. Kind of like Heath Slater. He's got kids. It's true. <laughs> so, fellas, introduce yourselves. Adam, go first. I'm Adam Garen, born and raised in Moreland, Louisiana. Proud to be here. Ashton, ahead, Ashton. Ashton Burge, South Mississippi. I'm the one that sounds like he's from South Mississippi. <laughs> Ashton's from Hancock County. That's right. Anybody north of I-10 is a Yankee. That's what they say down there. <laughs> well, anyone north of... <laughs> the true the true Mason Dixon. <laughs> we'll say north of Hattiesburg because I'm from north of I-10. So. <laughs> right on, right on. I mean, I can live with that. So, north-south divisions aside, what was everybody's overall thoughts about the movie? Your general thoughts. Don't go into too much detail. We'll save that for later. Adam, go first. Yeah, um, I thought it was great. Very unique. Uh, definitely different, but similar. Uh, it, it was, you know, a risk by DC. Um, a cheap risk, budget-wise. But I thought what they did with the story and characters involved, uh, I liked it a lot. All right, Ashton, you're up. I have to agree. Um, I thought it was it was fun. I like the way the movie was shot. I thought the uh, cinematography <clears throat> cinematography was good. Action scenes were excellent. Soundtrack was killer. Uh, I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, I really dug it. Um, it. It was a lot different than the other DC movies, but it felt like it existed in the same world as Suicide Squad and even BVS. Uh, I, like, I like the outside-the-box approach it took. I like how Harley narrated it. The soundtrack was pretty killer, especially the Halsey song. We're going to have to definitely talk about that. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> that agrees. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I'm going to see it again in a couple weeks. Um, I hope it makes all the money, but we'll talk about that too. <laughs> so, uh, what were your favorite parts of the movie, Adam? You go first. So, are we over the spo- yeah? Are we over the spoiler Dude, wall? We don't do spoiler walls. 
People see people are gonna see the title of this podcast and they're gonna be like, Hey, they're gonna talk about that movie. I probably shouldn't listen to that if I haven't watched that movie. Good point. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, well, I mean, it definitely felt in the same realm as the other DCEU films. It just, you know, you got to see Gotham City through Harley Quinn's eyes. And it was a little bit more colorful and sporadic and crazy, just like Harley Quinn. So, you know, right off the bat with a cartoon intro, I was like, I'm in. Here we go. And while, you know, plot might not all be there, uh, you know, uh, pickpocket finds a diamond that doesn't belong to her that everybody's looking for thought it was great um with you know all the action scenes you could definitely tell the john wick influence is insane um you know with the fight scenes and the stunt choreography and things like that which was excellent margot robbie just kills it as harley didn't suicide squad just this just carries carries it right over um, and the cool thing is, is like you got to see a different side of Harley, which was great. Um, supporting cast, uh, uh, all were excellent. Rosie Perez took, you know, a little bit getting back used to um, for, you know, in that role. But you know, I thought she did a good job. My, the soundtrack was excellent. That Halsey song, uh, when I was in the theater and that song came on during that sprinkler fight scene, I was just like, oh, my God, what is this song? This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I marked out for Black Betty. Um, I hate and, that song so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere my dad's mocking me because he loves it. I, I hate that song. <laughs> when, I, when it first played, I was like, oh, Daniel's not going to uh, like I, this. Yeah. So, All the <laughs> it's one of those movies where if you're looking for, you know, superheroes and costumes this isn't really it um i mean i thought they nailed black mask i thought they nailed zaz they nailed harley quinn huntress the the funniest thing to me was you know her training in romania and you know all those guys live in these windbreaker jumpsuits <laughs> and like that's her costume which so i was like okay that's spot on <laughs> excellent great um my my only real gripe was cassandra kane was cassandra kane a name only um could have been a harper row or stephanie brown uh it would have been the same thing to the story uh but if they want to continue and have her go train with Lady Shiva in the future. I'm all for it. I'm down. But her being, you know, Rufio's kid in real life was <laughs> excellent. Uh, so uh, this movie had Easter eggs for the for everybody. That you know, it definitely you know is a step in the right direction, in my opinion. I'm not sure that it should have been called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Holly Quinn. Um, if you wanted to call it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, because that's what this movie really felt like to me, um, you probably would have sold a little bit more tickets too. But um, that's my only; those are my only like kind of gripes. Other than that, I, I really had a good time. Um, it's definitely highly rewatchable, and um, you know, definitely looking forward to the digital slash Blu-ray release. All right, Ashton, what was your favorite part? <sighs> the action scenes were just great um the jailbreak scene was excellent when the uh, sprinkler was going off um then fighting in the evidence room i thought that was pretty awesome i love the fact that she named her hyena bruce (laughs) that i don't know that just amused me more than it probably should have um (laughs) not bud or lou i I like bruce well uh margo did say she wanted to introduce them later yeah but they only had enough budget to cgi one of them (laughs) And she said, instead of just having one named either of those names, 
she felt it better to have, I don't know, her practice hyena <laughs> before that named Bruce. But she said she definitely okay. hopes to have them both in the future. Sweet. Excellent. What if Bruce is really a girl and has babies? Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I loved pretty much any time Black Mask was on screen. Um, Ewan McGregor killed it. I've always wanted Michael Rooker to play Black Mask. That's Ooh, an interesting uh -huh. I never would have thought that. Yeah, I think Michael Rooker could uh, pull off the kind of, I don't know, manic personality that he has. But yeah. McGregor knocked it out of the park, I thought. And, uh, right on. Yeah, the, the Canary Cry, also pretty sweet. Oh, that was... Actually, yeah, I was in the I was in the Dolby theater for that, and when that like shook the theater seats, and I was, you know, That's here awesome. for it. <laughs> nice, <laughs> I love that branding. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, as Pat McAfee would say, for the brand. You probably have no clue who I am to begin. Uh, anytime we can get Pat McAfee in there is a good thing. <laughs> that dude should literally be on every show. Truly. <laughs> he makes everything better. Uh, for me, yes, sir. I uh, I marked the hell out when Harley took everybody to Amusement Mile. The the Arkham fan uh, that's inside of me lost his mind because it looked like. I mean, I know that's from the comics, but it looked like that game. It looked like I knew all the spots. Like I was like, you could you could swing out over the harbor. Because there's a crane to the left, <laughs> and it'll and it'll take you over to that building where Bane's hanging out. Like I know where this is, so that that was pretty pretty epic. Uh, you guys, you talked about Black Mask. The fact that Ewan McGregor went out of his way because he's such an actor's actor to watch every Dalton Castle promo ever cut <laughs> and go, I'm gonna be that guy with a black mask on. Pure genius. Pure genius. <laughs> oh, I could have yeah. watched yeah, he, he, hours can... of him doing that. Hours. Because it was endlessly entertaining. Yeah. The fact that they killed him off at the end, I understand why. And with Flashpoint apparently on the horizon, none of that matters. But, oh man, I could watch a, a series of movies about this black mask and be happy as I can be. What a great... He killed it. Oh, what 100%. a great death by explosion, too. Right? <laughs> I mean, so, that was awesome. You know, people... People keep comparing this movie to Deadpool, and I think that's really unfair, because outside of the break in the fourth wall, which, it was more like an inner monologue. I mean, Harley's crazy, mm -hmm. so she probably legitimately thought when she was looking at the quote-unquote camera, she was looking at another person who was in the room. I mean, she talked to a, a stuffed beaver, for God's sake, <laughs> like it was, you know, her best friend. Uh, so, I don't, I don't know if that really jives, and then the... <laughs> the explosion was so ridiculous. Um, I, I felt like it, this movie had such a different tone than Deadpool. I mean, yeah, it was funny, but it, it wasn't that funny. I mean, it had its moments, but... It wasn't over it the was, top. No, it had more in common with Death to Smoochie than it did to Deadpool. I mean, there were scenes that were really uncomfortable. Let's talk, let's talk about the dress on the tabletop scene for yeah. a minute. Because... That messed yes. me up all kinds of ways. I've never been that uncomfortable watching a movie yeah. in my entire life. And I can't yeah. believe he didn't kill her. Yeah, that was... Uh, that was. I Which mean, makes it more terrifying to me. Because if he had killed uh, that's her, a shocker. it's almost like, well, I expect that. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> the fact that he didn't kill her meant that that scene never ended. And it just stayed with you for the rest of the mm -hmm. damn movie. That's mm -hmm. messed up, man. Which was... <laughs> that's messed up. And I think you really, like... 
aside from, you know, Ewan's, you know, hamming it up, you kind of needed that oh, scene. Yeah. It um, legitimized him. I mean, I know the... F- <laughs> and the fact... Yeah. And I know the, like, the face cutting scene was all Zaz is doing. prepared for that which either, was, but man, yeah. But, but, but I think that, you know, dress on the table scene, uh, definitely ramped up the, uh, craziness of black and intenseness of, and the fact that he, that he got her, her man to rip it off of her too. I mean, that just, Mm -hmm. that's messed him up in the head too, you know? So he was, he was wrecking everybody's psyche in that scene. I'm not going to say that black mask is the best villain in a comic book movie. Because there are a lot of people in contention for that. Mm-hmm. But I am going to say that that scene made him the most terrifying and dastardly villain I've seen in a comic book movie. Because I can't think of anybody else that's come that close. Yeah, definitely threw away the Snidely Whiplash vibes that you mm-hmm. get on a lot of villains. And threw that out the window. Um, and... You were like, oh, the okay. closest I've ever come to feeling that way was in the Thomas Jane Punisher movie when the dude goes to Spacker mm. Dave and he's like about to tear out mm. all of his piercings from his face. Yep, that is the only other time I've yeah. even come close to feeling that uncomfortable watching a comic book. Yeah. So there's been a lot of a lot of criticisms about the costumes. Uh, one being, well, the you know the Birds of Prey don't get their costumes until one of the last scenes of the movie, and then the other one which is a bunch of neckbeards on Twitter, are complaining, oh, man, they're not sexy enough. What is this crap? You know, uh, <laughs> I feel like Harley's attire, I don't know how you could look at her at any scene in this new movie and not be like, yeah, it's exactly what Harley would put. Yeah, I mean, part of me, uh, you know, you kind of want to go in being like, oh, I want to see how faithful they are to a comic accurate costume. Sure. And that's all, that's going to be with any comic book related movies you know what do they do how is the design um you know that's even like half the the anticipation even before movie like oh my god what are they gonna look like um but did i don't think it was necessary to the story for them to you know have an outfit change and for the for the majority of the the flick but um you know at the end you got that you know the you know the, the coda with them saying, "Hey, they formed a new team, and this is them in their superhero outfits," and it, you, you know that played right into it. Now, are they wanting a whole movie with them in their superhero outfits? Cool, awesome, great. But I think that was this was. I think the box office may have something to say with that, but we'll get into that later. Right. I, I definitely think the but, intent but the, was that the next movie will be the Birds of Prey, looking like they do in the comics. Doing the things they do in the comics. Right. Because this was an origin film. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Everybody. 100%. I mean, <laughs> the only person who didn't get an origin was Harley. <laughs> because we, we got it in the last Yeah. Time. They did recap it, though. Right. So. They did. They mm-hmm. used right. actual scenes from Suicide Squad. And yeah. technically, Leto's mm-hmm. Joker is in the movie. You just see the back of his head and the side of his face. Technically, he's in the movie. Right. <laughs> Because you see him, <laughs> I don't know if he got paid for I, well, it. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. But you know, I want more of him for sure. I know y'all do, but we got a little bit. Yeah, we, they they threw us a bone, man. Right. Um. But uh, I mean, of like I I would have loved it, but I think they kind of made a point saying like if if she's breaking up with him, why do we need to show him? Yeah. Because if it's her 
having that emancipation saying she, you know, that he isn't needed in her life. We don't need to keep, we don't need to, sh- you know, show him yeah, in right. there. I mean, it's not his I think movie. That it's would, her movie. And you get enough Joker because right. there's the dartboard and, uh, there's there are a few other things. Oh, there's the the uh, the animatic at the beginning. I thought that was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was like yeah. old Ren and Stimpy art it, almost. <laughs> it was badass. And, and what it reminded me of was you know back in the day when you'd go to a movie and there'd be a you know a cartoon like Baby's Day yeah, Out the, the Roger Rabbit before the movie that yeah. play. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, I was like, oh my god, this which is of great. course um, is a Warner Brothers but, thing. I mean, right. Roger Rabbit. Yeah, which, hey, I'm Disney, here for it. But it was Warner Brothers thing. I mean, let, let's be real. Right. Hey, and we got Looney Tunes when, you know, Harley and Cassandra were, you know, watching. On the couch. Uh, and that and eating cereal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but back to the costumes. I mean, if you want to get, like, super technical, the roller derby scene. Oh. Her costumes straight out the Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti yep. run. And, you know, they ripped, you know, Barney the Beaver right out, out of there. So, um, yeah. But here, like, here's the deal. Costumes are... You know, they draw it once and then they can use that same costume for panels, you know, panels out the panels out the panels. Now, this story, you you see Harley going through a change and she's, you know, coming into her own, you know, so to speak. And that might take a few tries because it's because it's Harley. So, um, yeah, I was initially I was like, oh, my God, you know, what is this? What's going on? But, you know, after watching, you know. So many comic book movies, you really can't pass judgment until you see the product on screen. True that. I think you talked about. Oh, go ahead, Ash. I was gonna say I think Harley's costumes were true to her character. I mean, it may not look exactly like something in the comics, but it's things like, oh yeah, I can picture Harley wearing that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, she she likes to take fashion like too far past cool. To the point where it's just a mess, which to be honest, Joker <laughs> went through that too. I mean, they were a thing for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, like, yeah. you know, she's just pushing boundaries, man. That's art, right? You push boundaries until you break everything. And then through entropy, you know, chaos theory, Ian Malcolm, <laughs> it all comes back around. And then you have a look. <laughs> uh, I think the most Harley outfit in the movie was probably in the final scene where she was wearing the, the gold diamond whatever overall i don't even know what the hell that was oh yeah yeah that was probably the most traditional harley look we probably got in the whole thing uh but they were Mm -hmm. all great like the one where she had caution tape (laughs) on her shoulders (laughs) it's like streamers or whatever the hell that was incredible i thought that was great yeah what i thought was cool was uh her pigtails on her roller derby helmet uh, were taped. Yeah, because she on. cut them off from what, when she cut yeah. them. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, even I thought that, that was dang. Oh, that was amazing. Pretty, pretty cool. Because yeah. she cried yeah. as soon as she cut them off. Yeah, she did. So do you that. know, she was like, "Well, I can't mm-hmm. just lose these. <laughs> I, 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 I put all that dye and all that effort into them. Like, I gotta keep these somehow." And she was like, "Screw it, I'll just stick them to my roller derby helmet." <laughs> and I loved how the roller yeah. derby thing came back around at yes. the end on the motorcycle. That mm. was great. That was a, a pretty killer action oh, yeah. sequence. I mean, the John Wick fingerprints oh. are all over this movie. What were y'all's favorite fight scene? Like, I know what mine is, but I'm Ooh. curious. What what did you guys like the most? Ashton, go first. You've gone second every time so far. Literally all of them. I thought, <laughs> like, I, I really You're thought. You're so darn picky. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um, they just all were so fluid, I guess. And uh, 
just entertaining. There was, I, I didn't think there was a, a dead spot in any of the action scenes. I thought they all flowed well and they were pretty brutal, especially when the weapons were used. Like there was some force oh, yeah. in those hits. Adam, what about you? Uh, the, I mean, the sprinkler scene, uh, that probably has to be my favorite because it's, you know, the, the Halsey song kicking in and you've got guys that are go, actually going after her as opposed to her, you know, shooting up cops, unsuspecting <laughs> cops with <laughs> glitter bombs and beanbags. Which was, which so was awesome. uh, Harley. Oh, my God. Which, well, oh, yeah. Which was which was amazing in its own right. But I think actually having the guys go after her um, and like you almost got a sense of, oh, OK, you know, what's going to happen next? And then that song kicks in and... It's you know, the wide shots and the acrobatics are there and it is awesome. Was it just me or did that scene where she walked into the police station shooting people with the beanbag stuff, did that feel like the scene in Suicide Squad when Joker and his goons broke in and then one guy's wearing the Batman mask and the other dude's wearing like a panda mask and they're just like shooting up that place because they're trying to get Harley? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, man. I thought it felt it felt very similar to me. I was thinking, man, these cops are either completely taken aback by this or they're completely incompetent because I was thinking of the scene from Terminator when he goes into the police station uh, and they're lighting him well, up and nothing's happening to him because he's the Terminator. Them being, them being completely incompetent is not only a a defining characteristic of Gotham City, <laughs> but B, I was gonna say, yeah, GCPD B, set up from the beginning of the movie That's with very Renee true. Montoya's whole backstory. True, she's the only good smart mm -hmm. cop surrounded by complete morons that fail upwards. Well, that scene definitely and they constantly rip her on the way through. So, like. Yeah, that, that's on brand. Yeah, they're, they're completely Agreed. worthless. Agreed. <laughs> when you put and you know it like Harley's that. done that a million times. <laughs> um, yeah, my my sure. favorite fight scene was probably when we saw a Black Canary in that alleyway. Mm. I was just about uh, to bring that up. Time, the first time you see her mix it up in those killer gold pants, and yes. she's just like, I don't know, uh, just <laughs> kickboxing these guys, and it's like, oh my god, this girl is dangerous. <laughs> Wow, because you didn't you didn't see that coming yeah. the whole movie up to that point. Not at all, and it felt like I was watching a MMA instructional video, <laughs> and it was <laughs> Black Canary sounds like all right, cool, volume Let's go. one, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Also, um, I have to mention that um, I texted y'all this the other day, but she's my new favorite. Oh, absolutely. Just uh, well, I, you know, I take that back. Uh, and we'll probably get to this later, but I really, really liked Huntress. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so the um, nobody mentioned it as her favorite, but it has to be mentioned. The final fight at Amusement Mile is crazy. Yep. I mean, they're hitting people with floppy hands. Oh, for sure. Like, there's eight million dudes in masks all trying to fight these chicks, and they're just waylaying all of them. And um, this it is was... getting a lot of love on Twitter from the girls. And I'm not a woman, but I have had long hair for like two decades or more. <laughs> mm. The hair tie, pin, the, the like her Harley handing Black and Airy the hair tie so she can get her hair out of her way. I felt that shit on a level, man. <laughs> like, I know that feeling. And I was like, oh, these chicks are supposed to hate each other. But like she cares enough. She just like, there's enough sisterhood there. that She's like, girl, I got you. Get that hair out of the way. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, that got a that got a big big laugh in the theater when I went, and it, you could tell it was much appreciated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good, yeah, I, I think that's one of those moments that women are going to really click with. 
uh, I mean, you know, I can't speak for women, but I just, I, I picked that up on the, on the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Instagrams. Yeah. Gail Simone actually that. mentioned that scene in particular. Man, Gail, in, in I one think of Gail her fell head over heels in love with this movie. Yes. Because she's been, she's been waylaying dudes on Twitter left and right about this flick, and it's awesome. And if anyone she's can. She's holding nothing mm, back on these people. If anyone can, um, it's her. Absolutely. I mean, she has and earned that dude, right for, for Birds of Prey. One dude jumped out there and was like, in no way, shape, or form should Harley Quinn ever be a feminist. And I was like, what? And, and Gail was like, what an odd odd comment or something like that it's like how could you not how could you understand harley quinn less yeah yeah i um i mean i didn't think we were going to touch on it tonight but i'll just say my two cents um it's definitely a movie that doesn't try to force things down your throat um and i'm appreciative of that um unlike some other movies that i won't name (laughs) but um do they take place in the 90s uh Is there a blockbuster yeah, involved? Yeah, they do. <laughs> okay. Yes. Cool. And a cat. And a cat. Cool runnings heard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you just don't you disrespect damn, cool damn runnings that like movie that? And it's overt feminism. <laughs> <laughs> I agree though. Yeah. Um. They, and, let, they let women be women. They uh, obviously all of them mm-hmm. were pissed off at men for a various number of reasons, and. They all mm-hmm. had an axe to grind. They'd all been held back in some way, shape, or form. You know, whether or not you believe in the concept of the patriarchy or not, like, on some level, some version of that had wronged all of these women to an extreme degree. And they were all getting their revenge. Mm-hmm. But at no point did I ever feel like that movie was preaching to me about how awful all men are. It's like, these dudes are douchebags right. and they're going to be dealt with. Like the guy in the bar who got right. his knees broken. Oh, poor guy. Yeah, I'm really going to be upset about that dude, right? Right. Like, they never flat out ended a, you know, line with, because I'm a girl. (laughs) And, you know, which, hey, awesome, great. And, you know, they they kick bad guy ass because they deserve it. Yeah, it was kind of like a, it was kind of like an ultra-violent Spice Girls video. (laughs) Nice. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. (laughs) <laughs> just just have meatloaf drive the bus and we're good um side note speaking of the guy in the club with the broken knees as someone with relatively recent knee trauma <laughs> there is a lot of broken knee action in there that oh yeah made me uneasy as someone with past broken knee drama or trauma uh, both fine uh yeah i agree uh-huh that was hard to watch it was but it helps knowing that those douchebags deserved it oh yeah that no doubt okay. but but I had to turn my head away from the the screen a number of times because it was I just hit a little close to home. <laughs> Indeed, I, I mm-hmm. had flashbacks of my uh, ketamine trip from the ER, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get into so, in a future episode, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably <laughs> so. Yeah. And it's and it's, speak speaking of ketamine trip, how hilarious was it when Harley yes. stabbed Zaz? Oh, man. <laughs> with her barely working arm. And she just kept doing yes. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was so great. I love how oddly unaffected by things Harley was. Like, it was really, it really caught you off guard, you know? Like, it was kind of shocking when she pre- betrayed the girl. And, uh, but it's kind of not because she's Harley and she's just got issues. <laughs> you know, she tries, but <laughs> mm-hmm. like, she's, she's pretty messed up. 
she's just going to be messed up. There's no getting around. But then, like, stuff like that, like, she's supposed to be half conscious. Everybody's in, like, a Mexican standoff. We're all going to die. And with the only energy she can muster, she's using it to just keep stabbing a guy who is already dead. All right. Yep. <laughs> Freaking awesome. Yeah. And by the way, that was, you know, the best Victor Zaz we've ever seen. Absolutely. Um, I, mean, he, I mean, we did get, you know, three seconds of a shot, two shots and Batman Begins. But, you know, this, you know, this characterization was Man, insane. The, the fact um, that he was just on the verge of like having an orgasm every time the thought of killing somebody crossed his mind. Yeah, and and the threat of somebody else taking the attention oh, away from him from from Roman no was palpable. He couldn't handle it. Like a lot of people yeah. were going into this going, "Oh man, Black Mask and Zaz are going to be gay." Well, first off, nobody really gives a crap because I would I would yeah, argue that I don't know, 90% of the people who know who Black Mask is could not tell me in the comics whether he was gay or straight. He has a son, but I guarantee you they don't know that. The only thing they know is like right. they played Arkham Origins, you know, or maybe they saw an animated film that had him in it, something like that. And mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with his character anyway. Like the important thing is he's a mop boss. He's absolutely sadistic to an unquantifiable degree. And, you know, he's got major narcissism, insecurity issues. That he tries to overcompensate, mm -hmm. and that's why he covers his face with his mask. You know, I, I wish we could have gotten a little bit of uh, where the mask came from that he he fashioned it out of his dad's coffin because I don't I don't know if they actually said that in the movie because I didn't catch it if they did. Right? Uh, you know, they they didn't, but um, you know, they explained his obsession with masks and other, and other his, ones, which was and really, his daddy really cool. issues. They definitely got into that. Oh I mean, yeah, flat. Oh out. yeah. <laughs> diagnosed him in that one scene. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which I like that. I like that they kept, you know, reminding us, hey, this chick's got a PhD. You know, she's a brilliant psychologist. Like, she knows what she's doing. That was right. good. Um, so, soundtrack. Aside from the chick who tried to steal my name, I like it a lot. It's not the kind of music... <laughs> oh, yeah, sin. <laughs> it's not the kind of music I would usually go searching for, uh, but I'm glad that it's on this soundtrack, because... I'm going to go look up a lot of these mm -hmm. people now. Uh, but before yeah. we get to <clears throat> favorite tracks or anything, let's just say that Black Mass or Black Canary, Miss Journey, that chick's got some pipes. Yep. And not yeah. actor pipes. You think like legit pipes. You, uh, oh, for sure. But do you think she learned that from her time with Uncle Jesse and the Rockers well, as Michelle's best friend? I was going to say, I, when I put the two and two together, <laughs> that she and Michelle were hanging out in San Francisco, it blew my mind. Because I never would have looked at that girl and been like, oh, she's going to have dreads one day. Like, never. Ever with that across my mind. Yeah, I was. I nor, was, nor would I have been like, she's going to be hot when she grows up. Just didn't happen. I was <laughs> totally, totally shook the other day whenever Adam told me who she was. Completely shook. <laughs> <laughs> to the core. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, I told so I told uh, so I, I've I've got you go for it. No, I said I, I got another. Uh, I'm going to blow both of y'all's minds real oh. quick. Uh, on on like a somebody who played somebody in the movie, but uh, if you want to keep talking about Black Canary, go go right for it. Yeah, hold on to that one for a second. We'll we'll do some music and then we'll, mm -hmm. we'll circle back around. Keep that one in your back pocket. Excellent. Um, hit mm -hmm. me with your best shot. The cover by Adona or Adonia. I don't know how we're supposed to pronounce that. It's all in caps, so it must be important. Uh, <laughs> better than the original because I can't stand the original. I could listen to this version all day long. Yeah, I was. 
I really liked the Hit Me With Your Best Shot. I thought it played well right into the beginning of the third act. Mm-hmm. You know, like, here we go. Let's, you know, let's do it. Um, you know, that, that and the Halsey song were my top two. I got real major uh, Suicide Squad vibes uh, when they were promoting the soundtrack, announcing the soundtrack, uh, which I'm all for. Um, you know, give a platform to artists to be involved with a project. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, it, it reminds me a lot of the 90s. Yep. In those um, Warner Brothers where, DC movies, where every Batman film yeah. had a hit soundtrack. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. it. It just made you fall in love with the movie even more, um, and and hang on to it. And during that time, so I, uh, you know, once again here for it, definitely. Um, you know, some of the stuff is within my realm, some of it isn't. But I was very very impressed with the uh, hit me with the best shot in the Halsey song. I think. The first track on the album is called Boss Bitch. I think I would have been mm-hmm. more shocked if there wasn't a song on this soundtrack called Boss Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like whoever put this together was like, all right, must haves. So we got to have a Black Canary scene where she's singing something like Madonna and Dick Tracy. We got to have something that's really over the top, you know, kind of heavy for a, a serious fight scene. And we got to have a boss pitch song. We, we got to have one of those. We got to communicate. Because I, I don't think, I think we're being a little too subtle with the fact that we got a group of boss bitches that are going to be raining hell on people. We got to have a song called, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the part we all want to talk about. I've never been a Halsey fan. I haven't listened to a lot of her stuff. I've listened to some of her stuff based on recommendations. And it was all right. There's a certain vocal style she has that a lot of female singers have tried to emulate over the years that are really just it just doesn't work for me at all but holy god experiment on me is a banger and i want to cover it so mm-hmm. bad but i'm not going to do to my voice what she does <laughs> at the end of this song because holy crap i hope she was on vocal rest for a month after she recorded this <laughs> for sure i uh you know heard her halsey heard some of her stuff has yeah has a great voice but i just thought that this was a you know turn in the unexpected direction with the uh definitely hardcore influence on there and sign me up yeah. if her and if her and hailstorm oh. uh want to do a cover <laughs> or, a, or a collab yeah, i'm down i'm totally okay with that that would be crazy mm-hmm. it's just relentlessly heavy yeah and i can't listen to for it sure. without wanting to just break everything <laughs> so it definitely works in the scene it's in. For, yeah, 100% agree. Not, and, and that's, you know, I think they did a great job with letting the artist kind of experiment and using the songs to the advantage in the scene because there's nothing better than when a scene's happening and, you know, the music just fits right in. Uh, you know, some directors edit to music yeah. um, and you can tell sometimes. And, um, you know, this is... Looks like definitely the case uh, with this film. And having Diamonds are our girl's best friend and having the dream sequence where where Harley's singing like Marilyn and all dolled up like Marilyn. But at the same time, the MacGuffin of this movie is an actual mm-hmm. diamond. So, I mean, like, okay, here we go. Like, they paid attention. It, it You know, they weren't lazy about choosing songs or choosing there's a song on the soundtrack called diamond excellent it's like track three i think yeah uh i was really really happy that they went with the maryland thing in that scene and not the madonna thing in that scene because that's where i Mm -hmm. thought they were gonna go but they were like nah dog we're taking you back to the og we're going all the way back (laughs) right 
that was pretty great. Right, and and the and the cool thing about it is it wasn't played for laughs because nope. she was getting beat up by it, and it was almost like, oh, this is her escape. This is how she deals with the trauma that's going almost on. And I was like, like oh, another that's another movie that we like called Sucker Punch. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. But this Excellent, is getting sir. praised for that kind Excellent. of thing. Excellent. Interesting. <laughs> my, my, my. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, really. I guess Bischoff is right. Context is king. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, that I, was uh, whoever. Go ahead. I don't, <clears throat> I don't have a whole lot to say about the soundtrack because I haven't listened to it outside of watching the movie a couple hours ago. Um, Man, you gotta. I know. It's awesome. I, look, if you want to talk about the Frozen soundtrack, mm. I'm all over that. <laughs> <laughs> let it go, Ashton. Just let it go. Seven-year-old and a three-year-old, man. Um, but neither are a daughter. I just, whatever. Just, anyway, look, just roll with it, bro. Um, <laughs> but I thought while, watch, song, while watching the movie, um, all the musical choices I thought were excellent. Um, it, they fit the scene. They help build each scene. Uh, they set the mood. I don't know uh, who who is in control of the music. Anybody we know? I'm. You know. You mean like who Evan. put the songs together for that? Yeah. Movie? Uh, yeah. I mean, is there... from what I understand, it was Margot. Was it? Well, she. Did I don't. A... I can't say that for sure, but I'm. I feel like that's what I read was that she chose the songs yeah. and the artist. Well, she did a killer job of it. She did. Well, all all that makes me want to do now is to. See a Margot Robbie playlist just to see what that's right? like on like, her own that's Spotify. Got, yeah, or that's got to show up on Spotify at some point, right? What's going on in her head? It was, yeah, it was very sure. James Gunn esque, mm-hmm. actually, or Brian mm-hmm. O'Malley. Yeah. if you want to go down that route, I, I like how the the soundtrack mirrored the film's uh, ADHD ness. I guess I don't know how else to put it because it just kind of jumps mm-hmm. all over the place sometimes, all at once, <laughs> and it it just makes you feel. It all makes you feel something, whether it be bad, good, mm-hmm. hype, lazy. I mean, you feel something listening to this soundtrack. And you feel something in every scene of this movie. Everybody has such an arc. Everybody has something they're going through. I mean, nobody's the same at the beginning of this movie that they are at the end, except maybe Huntress. But I don't know, man. She, like, discovered the the value of family at the end, right? I, I I think it was confidence is what perhaps, she got. Perhaps the real Huntress was the friend she made all along the way. Mm. I I absolutely love and 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 the fact that she. Yeah, go I was going to say I absolutely love the scene where she. It's like I love this chick. She's got anger issues. She's like I do not have anger issues. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my favorite part is that she never gets to call herself the Huntress. <laughs> yes. Everybody just cuts her off. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> My name yeah. is Bumblebee Tuna. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, crossbow killer. <laughs> crossbow killer. Which all I could think of was and, Arrow. And, and, every time they said that, yeah, yeah. Or or when she went like she goes, my name is, and uh, Montoya goes, Helen of Bertinelli. She goes, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody ripping on Montoya is like, does everything you say come out of a cheesy '80s cop movie? <laughs> oh, so good. 
Excellent. So good. I am a little disappointed yeah, I, and, she didn't tell then, a single white man that he couldn't jump. I felt like that was a real missed opportunity. Ooh, that would have fit I in know. with Yeah, know, the whole girl power thing. Movie. Like, come on, yeah. man. Like Black Canary leaps onto a roof of something and this guy tries and he doesn't quite make it and Harley chops his legs off and she goes, Hey man, white man can't jump. <laughs> Maybe it's in the <laughs> director's cut. Or or she or she could have said that about the driver who's Harley's you know. Uh, Knees, you know, probably took the guy's knees out. So, hey, look, there, there was your, op- there was your opportunity. <laughs> maybe, Yan. maybe, maybe that's in the Yan cut. The Yan hashtag release, release the, the Yan, Yan cut. <laughs> we will not rest until we get the real version of this movie. <laughs> see, see, Marvel Excellent. fans, we can make fun of ourselves. Okay, it is, it is possible. Right, of course. So, should we talk about Easter eggs? Yeah, because that's where uh, I've been itching to talk about my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can guess your favorite. <laughs> Anybody who knows me at all knows that A, I love Suicide Squad so much. I watched it four times in four days a couple weeks ago. That's how much I love that movie. Flaws and all. Second of all, my favorite part of that entire movie is Captain Boomerang. <laughs> yup. So the fact that he's on a wanted poster. <laughs> In the police station. It just keeps popping up in the background. <laughs> and Harley, thanks, mm-hmm. thankfully, pointed it out. I was like, hey, I know that guy. Loved it. Yeah. Almost Perfect. almost screamed in the movie theater and got myself thrown out. I was so happy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was that was epic. Um, when I saw that, I was like, oh, Daniel's going to lose Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But the so, one you caught is even better than that. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was definitely a. Oh, oh my God! They they pulled it off. They did. So for the people who cool. aren't mega nerds like we are, give the whole backstory <laughs> on why this is important and how we got here. I mean, people, this is legitimately sure. the origin of Harley Quinn, the character being birthed. Like this is where it all came from. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, I could do the history justice, but. Um, in the scene where Montoya it goes back to her house and uh, is lighting the you know her trash can of stuff on or on fire or is about to, in the bottom right hand corner is a small TV and on that small TV is playing a clip of Days Days of Our Lives if I'm not mistaken with Arlene Sorkin in a clown costume. Now, how and why that's significant is crazy. So, we all know Harley Quinn premiered in the Batman the Animated Series, um, which was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm. Now, they were looking for a muse for Joker, someone who can talk to him besides his goons in the cartoon. So, Paul Dini um, was happened to catch this Days of Our Lives episode with this dream sequence with Arlene Sorkin in the clown outfit, came up with some ideas, told Bruce Timm about it, Bruce Tim came up with some character sketches, and then lo and behold, created Harley Quinn. And wouldn't you know, Arlene Sorkin, who was on Days of Our Lives as that character, got to voice Harley Quinn initially. So, it's a blink-and-you-miss-it cameo, but for the uber nerds like ourselves, it is definitely a super, super major mark-out moment. For them to even take the time to do that and to recognize that is... Um, Amazing. Wherever Paul Dini was when he saw this movie for the first time, I guarantee you he cried. <laughs> guarantee. I hope so. Hope but so. You get the gold star across so. the universe. 
finding that in the movie and knowing what the heck it was first time. Yes, yes. Major props, sir. Yes. You win a no prize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, taking a bow for our uh, audience. Can't see. But uh, but yeah, when I saw that, I, I lost it, which was great. So, um, another really cool one was the uh, mention of Black Canary's, Canary's mom. Yes! Oh, yeah. That's how you do it, Berlanti. Who had the, who, That's how you do it right. <laughs> yep. Who, who, uh, who, you know, they gave reference that she was possibly a metahuman as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, well, so I was, they were I was pretty overt about it because Montoya yeah. knew what she could do. She knew what her mom right. was capable of. Now, yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, I wouldn't consider like Doc or the roller derby or. Burn of the Beaver Easter eggs, because those are just straight pulls sure. from the comics. That's the stuff um, you should have in a movie like new, this. Right, 100%. Um, but one that uh, I found out about uh, not too long ago was uh, the scene where Harley and uh, Cassandra Kane are in the police headquarters, and they're in the evidence room, and there's a gang of bikers that... Um, that come and attack them, and you know she sniffs the coke, which was crazy. That, <laughs> that was, was, you know, oh man, marquee <laughs> moment of the movie. That for was me. nuts. That was so. Oh awesome. yeah, for sure. Yeah, crazy. And then the pupils dilate. That was nuts. <laughs> but who come- says Harley doesn't have superpowers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I, I may have really laughed loudest at drugs scene, just because it was so unexpected. <laughs> if it hadn't been spoiled in the trailers, I would have. But I'd seen it twenty times already. Right, oh. right. So I'm about so yeah, so I'm about to blow you guys' mind. Uh the head biker, the guy with the bandana. It's really familiar. I do have to say that. But I couldn't I couldn't play. Was it. not was none other than a clown from the Red Triangle Circus gang <gasps> in Batman Returns who steals the mayor's baby and talks into yes! the microphone. Huh. Oh my god. <laughs> huh. And he he hands the baby to penguin in the big rubber ducky mobile. Yep. Oh my god. Huh. Wow. <laughs> I don't think that's a, I don't think that was an intentional easter egg, but um that's probably just an, an actor getting lucky, uh but it definitely worked out in uh, cool that trivia. That is favor. awesome. <laughs> you successfully blown my mind. That was great. <laughs> Truly. But the whole time I was like, "Why? where have I seen this dude? Why does he look so familiar to me? And I, I, I couldn't figure it out. So thanks for telling me because that would have driven me nuts. Because, I mean, how do you look that guy up in, on IMDb, right? <laughs> Biker gang yeah, guy number seven. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to research Yeah. That. Holy crap. That's awesome. Yeah. All all IMDb is is like the seven degrees uh, or six degrees separation or seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, however you of want course. to say it. That's all IMDb yeah. is because you could just get lost just clicking around. I have an IMDb page. It's legit. I have like one credit, but I have an IMDb page. <laughs> Adam should, should have, have an IMDb page. I could have... I could have one, you but I'm you need legitimately one. on screen forever. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who do not know, our own handsome Adam Garen is a movie star. <laughs> he is filling the backgrounds of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. <laughs> Blunt Man Elvis in Chronicon scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Excellent. Margo Excellent. has been vocal that 
she wants to do a, a Gotham City Sirens movie. She definitely wants to explore the relationship with her and Ivy. And obviously this movie was setting up more adventures with the Birds of Prey in one shape or another. We also know that Margot is coming back as Harley and Suicide Squad, or excuse me, The Suicide Squad, which is like the new thing at Warner Brothers. Everything's a the blah, blah, blah. The Batman. The Suicide right. Squad. They must must have Ohio State graduates. I mean, I guess so, you know. Uh, the Ambush Bug. I'm waiting on that one. <laughs> it's not just any Suicide Squad. It's The Suicide Squad. Uh, yeah, not you to know? be confused yeah. with the other All ones. the other Suicide Squads. Right. Uh, so, she'll be back in that. The Birds of Prey exist now. They're cast. We're getting a Catwoman, but we until Flashpoint, we don't really know if these are all going to coexist together. We, we don't know. We just, There's a lot we don't know. But mm. what would you like to see with all these characters going forward? Just these specific characters that we've seen, and then Harley and Catwoman and Ivy. Particularly Harley, Harley and Ivy, because she specifically mentioned her. Also, Oracle. Are we going to get an Oracle? Do you want to see Oracle? What would you like to see her do? Would you rather her be Oracle or Batgirl? Ash Tone, go Man. for it. Um, I know it's a lot, but you got this. It is a lot, but I'm a fan of Oracle. I mean, obviously, I love Batgirl, but Oracle was a thing when I was when we were in college, and I was huge yeah. into collecting at that. Just gotten back into collecting at the time, and she was Oracle, so that's a big part of my comic book history. Um, but I don't know. Does she have the impact as Oracle if she's not Batgirl first? Hmm. Yeah, I well, I mean, you could say that about a lot of the things, and yeah. I guess the Snyderverse. That's true. We're getting later versions yeah. of all of these. Hmm. But I'm, right. I'm all in on some Gotham City Sirens. Give me that, please. Do Have there been any rumors of Poison Ivy? Who do we want to play Poison Ivy? I'm always bad with casting ideas, so I try not to do them. I mean, Nicole Kidman's still around, right? I mean, yeah, but she's Aquaman's mom. She's oh, yeah, that's right. She is. Yeah, she's Queen Dang, Atlanta. Right. Ashton, Jeez. look, I'm, I'm running on four hours of sleep. Rob Kelly is gonna find you. <laughs> Get used to it, folks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're only on episode one, guys. If you guys start a drinking game based on Ashton's plugs, you're not gonna see the end of the year. I don't always Just a heads up. I don't always think things through before I say things, or at all, <laughs> or at all ever. Also, yeah. I'm running on four hours of sleep. Yeah, so my excuses, bad. Excuses. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, that, uh, that just little bit at the very end where it showed the birds of prey, that was pretty awesome. And it really did make me want more. Want, yeah. I want to see, see that, them in the costumes. Sure. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Give me more black canary. <laughs> yeah. All right, Adam, what about you? Yeah. Um, I got a, you know, a couple of different ways that this could go. I mean, I could see them doing a birds of prey versus Gotham city sirens, uh, I could see them doing that. Do I want them to do that? Not really. It seems like the obvious um, play, though, right? Yeah, right. But uh, here's my thing. Like, if you're going to throw Catwoman in there, I like Catwoman better with Batman than I do with Harley and Ivy. And if that's going to be our first DCEU iteration of Catwoman on screen, then... Um, I might be a little bit disappointed uh, because the way, you know, Suicide Squad and Gotham City Sirens, I mean, I'm sorry, excuse me, Birds of Play is gone. Um, backstories have been relegated to maybe, you know, a quick 
30 second to a minute and a half breakdown of an origin. Now, you know, I kind of want a little bit more backstory on, on Catwoman, and I think that would take away from what that movie would try to do. Now, if you want to give me a Harley and Ivy um, versus Birds of Prey, and you could spend an adequate amount of time on building up Poison Ivy, building up her relationship with Harley, and um, and then have them go against the Birds of Prey or work together however you know they see fit against another Gotham City villain. I'm okay with that. Um, selfishly, if they go that route, throw in Kite Man because he's the best part about the Harley Quinn animated series. <laughs> um, he really is. But I, th- <laughs> but I think if you include Batgirl or slash Oracle in in the Birds of Prey for a live action, I really think it might come off as uh, Felicity Smoke from Arrow kind of rip off if we don't really get to see an established Batgirl. Well, if we get if and we I don't keep think Guggenheim would... away from it, it might not be that bad. <laughs> agreed. Never, never agreed. Ask and then what they we... want from a DCEU movie. Right, of course. Of course. Of course. Well, um so that's my thoughts. I would love a you know a Harley and Ivy movie. I mean hell just make it a Harley and Ivy movie and have them run into the birds of prey and what you know maybe they can join in um, because you've, we've kind of already really established them as a team in that coda um, and what they can do together. And we've got a little, we got pretty much Huntress's origin, got Montoya's origin, and the only really one we've only got a small glimpse into is Black Canary. Um, but being a metahuman really just kind of knocks half of that exposition out. So. That's what I'd like to see. Um, I don't think you need to include Oracle in there. I think if you could have those those three Birds of Prey, Harley and Ivy, um, and then maybe a third act, Gotham City villain. Um, you know, maybe you know, maybe a Scarecrow, maybe um, you know, someone else who isn't going to get much Kill love. Yeah. <laughs> Give our boy for some shine. Ooh, for there's, sake. <laughs> you know what that could, you know, he could definitely be like the Zaz to a. Um, I would like to, to, to see someone else and I, working as a goon for the Penguin personally. Ooh, that'd be or cool. or that'd be cool. all right, if they're going to be the Birds of Prey, right? Have them go against Killer Moth, Firebug. See where I'm going with this? Firebug, you mean Firefly? No, Firebug and Firefly. Ooh, they're basically the same thing. But if there's three of them. And they're all bugs, and they're going against the birds of prey. It's perfect. Hey, yeah. Like the birds of prey would have this yeah. elaborate plan where they would construct a giant bug zapper in the middle of Gotham City, and they would lure right. them in. Or, ooh, ooh, here's a good one. Killer Moth could be a goon or a lackey for the terrible trio. <laughs> and the terrible. Oh, I like that. That's good. And those are in the terrible. And terrible trios are kind of based off of like you know apex predators in the land, sea, and ground. So them versus smaller birds of prey, I think that would fit into that motif. You hear that, WB? You got to think even further <laughs> outside the box. Take this all the way to the logical conclusion. <laughs> My response to all this is, especially, I mean, it started in the animated series. It definitely was. Uh, 
expounded upon in the comics. And it's definitely been a big part of the new Harley Quinn animated show. I I don't care what the context is. I don't care what the stakes are. I don't care who's fighting who. I want Harley and Ivy in a movie together where Harley is like kick Joker to the curb. Ivy's trying her damnedest to keep this nut job somewhere in between the ditches long enough that they can be a couple and just be cool. I want that movie. I don't know if we're ever going to get that movie, yeah. but I really want that movie because Harley and Ivy together are absolutely hysterical. So much fun. Mm-hmm. And they get each other in ways that nobody else gets either of them. I think it'd be awesome to see the contrast between how they treat other people and how they treat each other. I think you could build a whole movie about, you know, Joker was a character study that everybody supposedly loved, right? Do a character study about this completely screwed up lesbian couple who have murdered countless people. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. one of them literally talks to plant. Yeah. Yeah. I want that movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Throw Uma Thurman cameo uh, cameo in Absolutely. Have her be Pamela's mom. Yeah. Her overbearing, annoying yeah, ass I'm mom. Down. Yeah, yeah. Always hitting her up like, when are you going to okay settle down and meet a nice shrub? <laughs> 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 so now we have to talk about the, the, the dour subject that this movie is supposedly bombing hard. I feel like that's a bit overblown. Internationally, it'll make about 81 million by the end of the weekend. Now, the budget's 85. So you're saying to yourself, well, they've already made their budget back, or at least really close, right? Not exactly. Because international receipts, you get about 40 cents on the dollar, right? So you're not quite getting all mm-hmm. that $81 million. However, the fact that the mm-hmm. budget was so low on this movie, it's really not bad. Also, I really believe, just watching Twitter, talking to people in real life, viewing the world around me, I think that this movie's going to have legs. It's just not going to... Like, I don't think it's ever going to have a $100 million weekend in its future, which, I mean, logic dictates that it just decreases as it goes forward. But I don't know, man. I think it's going to hold steady. I think Valentine's Day is coming up. I think a Mm -hmm. lot, a lot, a lot of people were turned off by the marketing or they didn't like Suicide Squad or they didn't like the studio drama that they were seeing on the Internet. Because be real, most people don't know the ins and outs, like (laughs) the nut jobs like we are that follow this stuff religiously <laughs> so they don't really know they just hear you know so and so said it was a bomb so it's got to be terrible but i'm seeing some of these people on right. twitter that have gone to see it for like their wife dragged them or their boyfriend dragged them or whatever and they come out going oh my god that was amazing you know i did not want to watch this movie i was completely turned off to it but once i got my eyes on it i really really liked it and i feel like a lot of those people are out there and I feel like a lot of those people are going to talk to other people and they're going to encourage other people to go see it. I think it's it's got great word of mouth because it's got a great cinema score. It's getting great reviews. We, uh, those of you who are just joining us for the first time, which is everybody because it's episode one. But if you don't know us, <laughs> we don't give a damn about Rotten Tomatoes. Don't care. Not going to care. Didn't care back in the day. We're not going to count it as a win. Just like we wouldn't count it as a loss, okay? But they slap those stupid numbers, those fresh ratings and the percentage numbers on their posters now. They put them on DVD box art. They put it everywhere. So people are going to see that and they'll be like, oh man, I I heard it was going to be terrible. Well, that says it's good. Maybe I should give it a try. Like, I think it's going to pick up a little. I think it's going to top out around... I think we'd... I hate to say it, but I feel like we'd be lucky if it got 300 million worldwide after it was done uh but i think i think yeah. about 200 wouldn't be bad 
I could be wrong. I mean, I'm no Mark Hughes, but I, I feel like 200 would be all right. Like, we could probably get a sequel if we got to 200 million, which, I mean, we're getting a sequel anyway. I mean, we're getting Harley regardless. The, I, I, I feel like right. this may yeah. have proven that she's not quite the draw they thought she was going to be as a character. Um, But I don't know. It's a complicated issue. It might not be just that simple, but she's still going to be around. People like her. Kids love her. Adults love her. Yeah. But the birds of prey, man, I just, I don't know what their future's going to be. Realistically speaking, I just don't know. I don't know if we're going to get more of them. I don't know if they're just going to be forgotten or referenced later. Maybe they'll cameo in the Suicide mm-hmm. Squad. I don't know. I don't know how far along this all was. No. Yeah. So, what do y'all think of that? Yeah. W- yeah. If the budget was around 85, what is it? Two, two and a half times your budget is, you know, making a profit. Um, I think, you know, you're absolutely right with strong word of mouth. Uh, and then I'm hoping this movie has legs. I think it will um, to where they can, you know, make money. If it gets to 300, awesome. Great. Um, you know, if it doesn't, um, you know, I'm not going to be sad. I don't think that, like, like you said, I don't think the Harley's future is in jeopardy. Uh, Birds of Prey, maybe, uh, but because of the year that DC is about to have with Wonder Woman um, coming out, and um, is there one more, or is or is that our only one this year for the rest of the year? Either way, I do think um, that uh, you know they understand it's low budget; it'll make some money back, and it'll do great. As far as Birds of Prey, I'm not sure. Who knows? We'll see. Um, maybe digital and Blu-ray sales can carry it over, but I'm just hoping for a strong word of mouth. I do think the narrative um, has been really focused on numbers. In a world of Siskel and Eberts and Twitter and Rotten Tomatoes, uh, be your own tomato. It's something you like, and you know, don't be ashamed about liking it, and go see it for yourself and formulate your own Word. opinion. And value ours, because we need you to do that. <laughs> Our opinion is pretty awesome, though. So it's, it's so-so. It's, it's worth so-so. valuing. So-so is a town in Mississippi, by the way. There's yes, a song it about it. If you don't believe me, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, so my thoughts is I, I hope I hope it has legs. Um, I hope that it doesn't have a huge drop off. I hope it, you know, obviously growing next weekend would be ideal. Um. I know I'm definitely going to champion for it this week to everybody I know because it's just it's a good movie. It's fun, you know. It's I mean, not fun. Fun is the adjective I've used the most to describe this. Movie. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is a good time, and yep. I think with all the crap going on in the world today, it's good to have two hours to set aside and turn your mind off and enjoy women beating people up very violently. Amen to that. <laughs> yep. so here's the controversial question do you think the box office take is in any way affected by the pg-13 rating being an r rating instead do you think mm. we could get the same movie if they edited it to be pg-13 or do you feel like the r was needed for the movie to be what it is go I ahead think, Ashton. i think some of the some of the more violent things were kind of needed to set the stakes. Um, I don't know exactly how much violence they can show in PG-13. Um, but would you need to see all of that violence for <sighs> it to have the impact? Because Chris Nolan was really good about telling you it happened, but not literally showing it happen. That's true, but I don't know. I can't lie. I, I personally enjoy a good, violent action scene. 
Um, so I'm speaking kind of biased, biasedly here. Um, but I think we're they inventing could, all sorts of new <laughs> terms on this podcast, folks. It's what we do. It's what you do when you're a bad mamma jamma. Um, Indeed. <laughs> the language, y'all. I mean, you know, I'm not. I don't use bad language very often or at all. So I can do without that. But it's whatever. I don't. That's a tough question. I don't know. I use fuck as a comma. So I'm all for it. It makes me feel natural and at home. Did you say you used to fuck a comma? <laughs> if only. If there was a way to do that, I would find the way. Maybe an Oxford comma. Yeah. Well, Is yeah. It better than a semicolon. Sorority girl. Then absolutely. And that just gotta happened. love. Gotta love yeah. those Oxford commas. That should be our first T-shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Better better than a semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a little more to work with with a semicolon. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to that statement. I don't know if I completely agree with you. So, uh, to, I back, feel like the... Back to the point. Go, sorry. Has, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, has Deadpool kind of caused us to move past the PG-13 thing as far as big numbers in the box office? Well, Deadpool opened a heck of a lot better than this movie did, so did it? It did. I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah. granted, yeah, but I mean, like it's it's tough to compare it to Deadpool. I mean, Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, you know, is a bigger draw than Margot Robbie. I'm just you know, like that. That's just my opinion. Well, yeah, but he's also um, been, he had also been trying to get that movie made for what a decade, and all the nerds knew it. Yeah, so we were all gonna go. Yeah, right. Now, plus it was shocking. I, I don't. He did I don't it. know. If, not now. That's true. Right. Right. Now, when, like, you say if an R hampered it, in my theater, there was definitely kids under the age of 13 with their parents, multiple families in the theater uh, when I went. So, I don't think the R rating stopped that. If they were a fan of the character, they were going to go see it anyway. Um, the R allowed for the you know, their violence in the language. Um but I think I think that helped the movie. Now I think the biggest hindrance was the title of the movie itself. Mm. Um, if you would have just called it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, um, I think people would have been a lot more interested. And after the movie, I think people wouldn't have any complaints about. The I title. think that's a good point. Um, I think they were going with the artistic title. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't always translate to good business. So I appreciate what they were going yeah. for, but I think that's a valid criticism that they could have gone away from it. Um, yeah. Ashton, how old is uh, Noah? Seven. Seven. All right. My seven-year-old niece went to see that movie and loved it. Just throwing that out there. She was <laughs> also raised on like Saw movies and Friday the 13th. So, yeah. you know, may not may not be typical, but she loved it because she loves her some Harley Quinn. I think, I think the R rating was necessary to be the movie they wanted it to be because that's why it ended up the movie mm -hmm. they wanted it to be. And I think a lot of mm -hmm. people, particularly our brethren in the the Snyder supporting universe of Twitter and social media, you can't scream and stomp your feet and demand that Warner Brothers allows creative people to be creative without any hindrance and then bitch when they do exactly that and it doesn't bring in the money you expected it to and then ask Warner right. Brothers to stick their hand in and homogenize it so it would make more money. You you can only have one or the other. You can't have both. Agreed. What did, what did Prince say? 
art and money don't mix. Absolutely. <laughs> that said, Joker <laughs> just made a billion dollars with an R rating, and Joaquin just won the Oscar for Best Act. So, right. apparently there is a way you can make a quirky R-rated movie that makes bank. But I guess Joker's just a bigger draw than Harley. Which uh, kind of reinforces yeah. a lot of the plot of Birds of Prey, actually. <laughs> like, I, I love yep. the plot point that the second the world found out she was single, she was doomed. Because everybody <laughs> let her game. get away with murder because she was the Joker's girl. Mm-hmm. Also, am I the only one who got major Batman 89 vibes when she blew up Ace Chemical? That was pretty awesome. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> We're going to take him out a whole new door. Excellent. So if you had to give it a grade, a letter grade, like a grade in papers, Ashton, I hate to bring up old thoughts, but Ugh. pretend you're a teacher again. <laughs> what would you grade this movie? As long as I don't have to make I, lesson I'm, plans. Let's, let's stop. Let's say, what would your... If it was just a movie, like any other movie, what would you grade it? And what would you grade it as a DC movie? Are we all still here? Okay, it got quiet. Oh, yeah. you, buddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I I think it's a it's it's a solid thing. It it's right there on the cusp of a B plus, and just because it's so dang fun and the action scenes are so awesome, B plus A minus for me. Just um, as a movie. Just as a movie, yeah. It's just fun and. You really didn't need to know a whole lot going in. Um, so, you know, that that helps it be more standalone as just a movie. I think throw in the DC ties and seeing some of these characters on screen for the first time and, uh, you know, the Easter eggs that we had talked about. Uh, I think it's as, as a DC movie, I, I, I give it an A minus. Where would you rank it? I enjoyed it. Uh, mm. Where would you rank it as a DC movie? What's above it and what's below it? It's... It's closer to the bottom, I think, for me, just because the other stuff, is, those are movies that I've been dying to see for decades. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, this isn't necessarily something that I've been dying to see, but I'm glad I'm glad it, it exists. I wonder if that played into the box office. Maybe so. Adam, what do you think? It is an A- minus for both, uh, you know, just a movie in general and a DC movie. Uh, movie in general, I think it's very unique and took some risks. Um, that we don't see a lot in movies today, which is great. And uh, it brought back, a, you know, nostalgia for old Warner Brother movies with the, you know, the soundtrack and seeing these characters that we grew up with on screen again, which is, which is excellent. And um, as far as the DC movie, uh, A minus again, the Easter eggs, the continuation of the story, um, new characters, and unique takes on them, but still holding true to what those characters are, uh, was on point for me. Uh, as it being a DC movie that you're letting the directors and writer be creative um, and letting Margot Robbie be creative is a huge win in my book. So def- an A-, a- minus across the board. And if I had to rank... Uh, this film is right in the middle, just like the egg and Harley's egg sandwich. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. I've never wanted to eat an egg sandwich so much in my life. <laughs> Agreed. As for me, 
I as just as a movie, I would give it a B minus because I feel like a lot of things that put it over the top for me are the DC ties that you would have to know and appreciate to just truly, I don't know, just get all of the flavor out of this movie. But it's still, if you mm-hmm. walked in cold, it gives you enough backstory. It gives you enough setup. You could have never seen a DC movie in your life and watched this one and been like, I know who these people are. I get it. Yeah. Um, as a DC movie, I would give it an A minus. Uh, and I would rank it. It's definitely above Justice League, which is dead last. <laughs> it is a hair above Shazam for me because I really like Shazam. But it is probably right yeah. below Man of Steel, so it's like in between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where I that's where I'd leave it. I like it a lot. I I, yeah. I feel like it might end up having the rewatchability of Suicide Squad, which might bump it up a few spots. But I don't. I won't know mm-hmm. that until I own it and have access to it. Because after watching BBS, right. I was like, I'll watch this every day until I die. Until I started trying to watch it over and over. Sometimes it takes three days to watch that movie. And it's not because I dislike it. Because I absolutely adore that movie. It's just so much. It's so dense. It's so emotional. It's so overwhelming. It's just just a lot. It's not something you can put on in the background while you're cleaning your house. And just you know enjoy and laugh at and have a good time like Suicide Squad is. You can watch Suicide Squad no matter what mood you're in, for God's sake. And it's short, so it's quick. Which... This movie has that going for it. It's a really short runtime for a comic book movie. I mean, you could burn through mm-hmm. this thing really mm-hmm. quickly, right? So, yeah. Right. And a shameless plug for uh, Daniel. If you want to hear his thoughts uh, 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 more about the DCEU, go over on the Fire and Water Network podcast and check out the People versus the DCEU with Shag Matthews and Daniel a- Adams waxing eloquent about the DCEU. <laughs> it is it is a good three hours. It is really long. And I had pages of notes left over that I couldn't even get to. If you have problems with BBS, we we can have a talk. <laughs> Chances are you may not like the movie when we're done, but you will respect that movie. <laughs> So for what it's worth, yeah. I, I just ranked. I just ranked the DCEU movies. I just wrote them down. Um, okay. So number one, depending on my mood, Batman versus Superman and Aquaman. They're kind of right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel you on that. Yeah. Um, Man of Steel is next. Then Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Then Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey, Shazam, and Justice League. That's my ranking. And quick side note: speaking of Aquaman. I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I was in a rush to leave. This is the first comic book movie in ages that I did not wear my Aquaman shirt. Oh, wow. I know. Even all the Marvel mm. movies, I wear my Aquaman shirt. I wore a Ninja Turtle shirt today. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know Dang. what that means subconsciously or anything. but It means you're lazy and distracted. Yes. We'll go with that. <laughs> all right well you've inspired me i'm I'm working on my list right now adam do you have a list i mean it's honestly just depends on the day when i'm in the mood for uh, uh bvs and man of steel or an aquaman or or you know or at the top of the pillar but uh you know just depends on what i feel like watching Word. um then and we you know what kind of mood i'm in and, and where i go i mean i, ha- I haven't seen a bad one yet it, Except for Justice League, even but, I, even uh, it has some enjoyable hopes. moments. I mean, we can. There's things yes, we can say yes. About it. We were all hyped as hell when we walked out of the right. theater. Right, we just had to yep. come down 
and be like right. somebody just casually right. mentioning Dark Side does not make a good DC movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we were emotional. We were in the moment, man. But uh, but hope springs eternal for uh, the Sonic. Indeed, Cut. if that comes out, this whole list is changing. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I would go. I'm putting BBS at the top, which uh, kind of like you said, and Ashton. Uh, BBS and Aquaman constantly fight for that top spot. It's just, I adore Aquaman. It's so much fun. It's everything I wanted in a movie. But BBS is an absolute masterpiece. Like, it's just, I think it's the best made superhero <laughs> movie of all time. I don't think it's particularly close. It's just, it's just so much. It's so much. So it's those two, then Suicide Squad, then Wonder Woman, then Man of Steel, then Birds of Prey, then Shazam, and then Justice League. That's my list. I really like Suicide Squad, you guys. <laughs> I could, I could watch, <laughs> I could watch Deadshot argue with that prison guard forever on loop. <laughs> Darnell's out, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, when, yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he said that, <laughs> when he said that to our boy in uh, in fatigues, I thought I was gonna die. That was so funny. I need you to wipe people that shit. Excellent. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. Yeah, you'd be you'd be there day one uh, for a Captain Boomerang oh movie. Oh my god! So, don't even tease um, me with that. It, he yeah. better be a big but, part yeah, of Flashpoint. I mean, he better show up at least. Yeah. Hey, you hear me, James Gunn? If you kill my boy Boomer in the first five <laughs> minutes of that damn movie, like you did our boy Slipknot, we're gonna exchange words. <laughs> So yeah, I would uh, I would agree with you we, on that. Uh, we're about ready to wrap this up. I think we've gone on for many minutes. It's pretty late. Ashton has a real job. Adam has a real job. I don't have a real job. I'm I'm a musician, so I just I just stay up all night. But we got to give a huge shout out to Shag Matthews and the Fire and Water Network because without the Fire and Water podcast, which is attributed to Aquaman and Firestorm. Ashton and I would never have gotten into podcasting. We did their theme song, and that's how this all got started. So Shag has gone above and beyond. He's reached out. He's helped us with production issues. He's given us tips. He basically taught me how to podcast from scratch. So I don't know if I'm making him proud or not, but I wouldn't. <laughs> this wouldn't even be functional if he hadn't helped me. <laughs> so big thanks to him. And uh, go check out the Fire and Water Podcast Network. A lot of great shows on there that covers all kinds of stuff. It's not even just geek stuff. Like Rob has a show about Bob Dylan songs, for God's sake. They do everything over there. So give them a listen and listen to all the other great shows here on the Here For It Network. But uh, I think it's time for us to sign off. So for Adam and Ashton and me, thank you for listening. Arrivederci, America. You've been listening to the Bad Mamma Jamas podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the BMJs and on Facebook at facebook.com slash badmammajamas. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast service to get the newest shows the quickest. This has been an HFI Network production.